I'm Anthony Padilla, and I spent a day with Tommy Innit to uncover the truth about why he chooses to live in a shithole apartment. Hey, his words, not mine, okay? He'll reveal what happened when the bully who used to pummel him in school confronted him on the street years later. And he'll address why having tens of millions of people scrutinizing his every single move at just 16 years old nearly drove him to abandon everything. Hello, Tommy! Anthony, how are you? This video is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes just existing is exhausting. It's true. You started creating content at the very young age of 13. Maybe even younger than that. Maybe younger? Hello there, fellow humans of the internet. This is Tom from Channel Nordby. You were forced to think about how your actions would be perceived by the world at a very young age. I remember being in, um, in, in class and I was like really excited to go home and do YouTube. And there was this dickhead in my class who just like, because I just kind of took it, was just sort of sat like punching me in the arm. And my strategy when I was getting bullied would be to just shout like, fuck! Right. Because then the teacher would look at me and be like, why did you swear? And I'd be like, miss, cause he's punching me. And then she'd be like, all right, both of you stop. Cause then you don't like get told off for of being a snitch cause then you get beaten more. Cause but we yeah. know that snitches Snitches don't get bitches, they right, get stitches. Right, and we know that Tommy gets lots of bitches. Lots of bit of bitches, no snitches. Please, no snitches. Uh, and we had this substitute teacher. I was like, miss, he's fucking whacking me in the arm. If everyone could see, I was like getting a bit pissed off. And yeah. I was like on the verge of tears. And he was just doing that. And then I remember all the other people in the class being like, Tommy's fucking, fucking clocking one, mate. And I had this moment where I was like, right. Well, if I punch him, one, it'll be embarrassing and not very strong. But two, more importantly, <laughs> then I'll get detention. Then I can't go home and edit my videos. That was like sort of a turning point, like, right. This doesn't matter. I'm just gonna get through this. And then, look <laughs> at me now. And you're totally over it, right? Yeah, totally, I'm totally over it. <laughs> yeah, so I sort of had like one sort of guy and a few other people that would yeah. just sort of be dickheads about it. And they've like apologized for it now. It was the first time Wilbur came to Nottingham, which is where I like grew up. Yeah. And we went to the city center. Me and Wilbur sat down. And then my bully and his mandem came and sat down next to us. I suddenly like receded into like back in school and I just sat there awkwardly and he like, like sort of apologized about it. And after we left, Will was like, you were really awkward there. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then the next day, Phil was in town. I told Phil about it and Phil would have been like, oh, I would have fucking punched him one, mate. <laughs> I was like, my man Phil some Minecraft would have beat up some kids for me. Is there a difference between Tommy and Tommy in it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It almost feels like a version of me, but I think there has to be two versions of it, otherwise I'd be miserable. I think one of the most important lessons for me has been that like work-life separation. I've had so many times where I've been, had, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people critiquing me, like angrily. So I've had times where that's been really sort of difficult. Separating that and being like, right, you know, when I look in the mirror before bed, I can sleep at night knowing, you know, like I'm not all these things. Yeah. Being able to like learn that and go, cool, all right, this is like, the, sort of the two separate things. It's been really good for like my mental health. I think that's pretty wild that you've realized that there is that separation and that you don't have to appeal to everyone and that if someone yeah. doesn't like you, it doesn't mean that it's you. I feel like I'm just learning that within the past few years. I would take things personally when someone would say something about the me that I presented. If one person or 10 people or 100 people think this thing, how many more aren't saying it that think this thing yeah, and it just became yeah. this whole overwhelming thing. People don't like have to like me and that's like, you know, like if you, that's totally fine. I think having figured that out, it can make me feel like a lot more comfortable. And there are still yeah. some times where I get really overwhelmed and like fixated on like a holy shit. Yeah. But you know, remembering like that I'm just a 
person making videos, right. even like celebrities and other YouTubers, and every, everyone is just a stinky person that like has <laughs> oh, to shower. Shoot. And if uh, they, you know, like yeah, if they don't confirmed. shower, yeah. smells like bo, mm -hmm. and like you know, gets mm -hmm. anxious. Like like everyone is. You know, it's, it's like a, a, a really key thing to remember. When I sat down with Nia Chu and Tina Kitten, they both mentioned having imposter syndrome. The idea that you don't deserve what you have, that people are gonna figure out that you aren't really the person that they think you are because they have this idea that you are this great person that, that does this great thing that they love. When you see sort of these huge numbers and this huge sort of reception, being yeah. like, this is hard to process. This is like, what? Yeah, I've had times being like, am I like, good because this doesn't make sense like this is like uh, how is this all happening? because you're not able to fathom the fact that all of this is happening to you yeah i've had times where i felt sort of guilty about it, you know because people work so hard for, uh, for what they have and you know aren't that train hasn't came in for them i think rather than feeling guilty about you know, how do i start giving to charity and being better with yeah. that how do i you know make more of an impact for me and what can i make next that's like good that is you know meaningful and like people won't forget i think that's been my sort of way of dealing with it. I think the thing I'm most proud of is I think if me four years ago, I would be my, God, this is, I guess I'm such a dickhead. <laughs> Do you think this sounds egotistical? I, I think I would be my own favorite YouTuber because it's like, I make stuff for me. Like I make stuff yeah, that I would like. Yeah. What about your confidence issues? You, you said that you had a lot of confidence issues growing up. There's the kids who are like cool, you know, and they're like good looking and they have girlfriends. And I wasn't one of the, I had a few years of like trying to be and posting a hip Instagram selfie and then be yeah. like, never mind. Never Is it still there? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I started putting my face in my thumbnails, I started performing better. Because of that, I spent a lot more time like looking at my face and like looking at, you know, how I like am. You know, like, uh, you're like cutting myself, you. Photoshop and being like, <laughs> and then seeing numbers go up. Like it sucks you weren't born the hot guy? Yeah. Uh, Except now. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not born the hot guy, you make it happen. You sort of realize when you get out of school, no one is good looking or bad looking. Everyone's just a person who is attracted to other people that they happen to be. There's not a right or wrong way to look. Absolutely, of course it's not, you know? Yeah. Sort of realizing that I totally felt big sort of confidence boost. And just sort of connecting with what you actually like. Like for me, I really like wearing like bright colors. You know, I like expressing myself with my clothes and being like, this is like how I feel is bright and white and red. That's like, you yeah. know, I think it's great. Anyone can do that. Yeah, that was how I, uh, had sort of got over confidence issues mm -hmm. by remembering I'm the best <laughs> in the world. Marry me. Girls keep trying to marry me and I don't know why. I keep saying fuck off. Too many keep, too many women. They keep trying to marry me, Anthony. A lot of you know self-deprecating humor implants those thoughts into people. And yeah. your style of humor, you actually do the opposite. You're like, I, I'm the fucking best. Feels good to be the best. My approach to all of it is to not take anything seriously and sort of view things as just like obviously kind of ridiculous. Like tonight, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio invite me around to their house to go to their party. It happened! And it's just like, that's just funny. Cause like I could, I could dress up very well or like be like silly enough, but that's like- Are you gonna wear this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of deodorant on, but it's like just not taking anything seriously. Everything's serious. Like, yeah, just yeah. being not bad. I live in a dingy apartment in the middle of. I I genuinely don't know why yeah. I live in this apartment. It's just funnier to live in a shit. You, you said you live in a shithole because it's funnier. Because it builds character. Like <laughs> it builds character. <laughs> I get more fun out of it. The other day I had like a lot of wasps in my apartment. I think you can either see things really seriously and strange, and there's a very immediate flick that it can just be funny. Right. So I, whenever something's a bit too stressful, I go, this is funny, and I start filming. That's why I always film funerals. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Poor guy. Yeah.
subscribe. Uh, I'm dying of laughter. <laughs> but I'm like, it's funny, isn't it? Does being called a child ever get to you? No. <laughs> you posted a picture the other day with like a full ass beard that you had grown up. Re it's really, really weird. When God made me, he like jitter clicked the hair grow attribute completely inexplicably. Every day I've shaved, and I thought that was like normal to shave my face every morning. Yeah. And then I went away for two weeks. I was like, I wonder what happens if I don't shave. I just got back to have. And I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> so now I've started being like, right, whenever I go away, I'm going to come back with different. I'm going to only have neck beard. Have a mustache. And then like, I know I look weird for a bit. But it doesn't matter because it's silly. Does it ever get to you when people call you annoying and stuff like that? Because you even wrote it into the beginning of your videos, your intros were like... Because, because people actually do. Like so many of my mates that used to watch my videos that are now pals with were like, yeah. Yeah, I actually used to find you a bit annoying and then I started. And I was like, <laughs> this is a common theme. Should I just take like knowledge? And that was, I genuinely had the biggest bump in subscriber growth. And I was like, no, trust me, I am annoying. But I promise if you stick with me, it'll uh, wear off and uh. you'll, you'll see that it's funny. Has your self-worth ever been attached to your numbers or your growth or your success? Yeah, I've got, I get very, um, very like fixated on like problems and solving them. Yeah. So I think the thing that's changed recently is like, what is success? Because I'm sure for lo most people watching will be like, yeah, all these sort of, you know, dream messy people, all these super successful, it's great, like mm -hmm. super successful. But then in our heads, we're sort of comparing and comparison's like the thief of joy. Yeah. You spend so much time comparing. And the individual doesn't always feel like successful. Since I sort of hit 10 million being like, right, is getting 20 million subscribers, does that like fill me? Does it mean anything? Like, cool, but like, no. And sort of really dissecting that's really hard and really stressful. I think for me, the times I felt the most successful is when, you know, my friend told me she was watching one of my videos with a sister. And then I did a joke where I crawled around on the floor going, <laughs> and her sister spat out of water laughing. Right. So I think that feeling of like laughter and like, I've done something good is what makes me feel successful, which but is different because that form of that was numbers. Uh, but numbers are, did you add the right metadata? Did you uh, publish it? Not, you know, if George not found right. publishes the video and I do, mine get, both of us get less views because yeah. people have to pick. That is numbers. Mm -hmm. That is the video game, which in, in some sense reflects quality. But you know, are McDonald's the best burgers? I think that most people would say no. Exactly, right? But, but they're the they ones that sell the best. And yeah. that is, Wilbur said that's a, yeah, that suddenly yeah, yeah, you yeah. go, oh. And getting over that hump of, you know, because I had a year of it just going up, going infinitely up and infinitely. And then about sort of a year ago, it's, you know, had been down, downs and ups, downs and ups. Now, yeah. you know, if I see a video gets comparatively a lot less views, you know, I have 10 minutes of being like a little bit initially bummed down, like, oh, okay. And then going, right, what, what can I learn from that? You know, yeah, like maybe yeah. it was a thumbnail, maybe it was people just aren't interested in this topic. Mm -hmm. And then going, cool. Let's do the next thing mm. and not letting that control me because it mm. is just an element of my life. It's mm. not my life. I've been on YouTube since the dawn of humanity, yeah. 17 years ago. And oh, really? For real. So you I was were, one, you were one you, you were one fucking year old. That's a bit weird. Jesus How Christ. old are you? 34. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you look really good at that. Damn right, boy. Are you really valuable? Yeah, did you do it? Are you serious? You're really looking up my age right now? You're really looking it up. What are you typing? No, I don't even hear. <laughs> oh my god, you are! <laughs> what the fuck? I, I genuinely thought you were like twenty-seven. For real? Yeah. Hell yeah! Don't worry, guys. I'll teach you all my skincare routine on the next episode. I spent a day with my skin.
What was your childhood like before fame? I can see my dad over there. <laughs> How does he feel about that? What was your childhood like? <laughs> so I think I'm sort of very fortunate because my parents always like showed me lots of art. And like every night before bed, I'd watch like The Simpsons mm. or like every sitcom. Is that kind of what built your sense of humor? I think so. It's just yeah. immediately sort of this quite wide perspective of what like comedy is and what's mm. entertaining. I did like volunteering with me mum. I sort of still do that when I'm back in Nottingham. Yeah. But, like, I've never said this online. So it's quite, oh. um, with like, adults with like learning disabilities. It's why I've always been very averse immediately to sort of elements of offensiveness. And my mum, before what she does now, was like an actor, so that was very, she was sort of quite in that, very show busy and singing and encouraging me to do stuff like that. And my dad did lots of stuff like with video games. And my mum all, always swears, all this, since I was really young. Like I see somebody in the like, dude, you gotta stop swearing. I'm like, nah, mate, fuck off, this, this is in my family. <laughs> what about your dad? Does he swear as much as you? My dad swears, but has always denied, comp just denies it. <laughs> Like, has always told me that he doesn't. No, I, I do I not fucking swear! I do not <laughs> fucking swear! It was very much like video games, actors. Oh, oh look, what's YouTube? It was like, pretty made for me. I mean, I've always just loved making stuff and being creative. And then it was yeah. like this like outlet where there's that, and then there's like, you know, like sort of rewards. For, so the biggest thing for me was on my favorite Minecraft server, you got this reward that was like a rank when oh. you hit 30,000 subscribers. I think I've made it clear that my one and only goal from this entire YouTube thing is to get a Hypixel YouTube rank. That was like surreal. That, right? was, that was the pinnacle of success. That right? was all I imagined wanting. Uh -huh. Maybe I could get that. So that was like the holy shit. And then you passed the holy shit mark. Yeah, and then since then I've just been like, I think I usually would use the word surreal, but just unusual, you know, yeah. highly unusual. My dream was always just to like be an editor in a film studio and just yeah. sit on premiere and that's my job. It's quite British to not be like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna strive to be the best. No, then I'm gonna have my millions and I deserve it because I worked hard. You should be doing an American accent when you do Yeah, that. dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my millions. <laughs> then I'm gonna have my mansion surrounded by beaches and oh my yes! God. Yes! The American dream! Apologies to all the Americans. <laughs> In the room. You mean 99.999% uh, yeah, yeah. of people. Apologies to you, uh, everyone watching. <laughs> when something just naturally falls into place, it just feels right, a direction to go with your career because you enjoy it so much. Yeah. I think that's when you can actually set up that dream that a lot of people have where it's like, if you have a job that you love, you don't work a day in your life. I think most of it is luck. The way I think about YouTube is imagine being at a train station. Uh -huh. And at some point, completely randomly, it might be tomorrow, it might be in a year, it might be yeah. in like five years, a train is gonna pull in. You don't know when. While you're in this train station, you can either be packing your bags and really neatly folding your clothing, be super prepared to be writing right on the tracks, ready yeah. to go. Or you can be fucking stumbling through, not really asked about your ticket, put it in, and then you're like, oh shit, the train's there. Well, you also ready. have to be prepared to improvise. So in order to stay on it, you have to be prepared to go wherever it takes you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's scary. It is, it is. It was sort of at this time where um, I sort of started impacting people around me. Like the whole internet found like sort of my mum's social media and stuff. Right. And then at the same time, I was having privacy issues and getting recognized the most I'd ever been. And I couldn't see any of my friends because I was in lockdown. I remember having like a serious bit where I was like, is this what I want to keep doing? Because this is too much. Yeah. And then I sort of had this moment where I was like reflecting like, fuck, this is, this is so different to what I could have imagined. Yeah. And that feeling of like fame that, you know, I, I wasn't even sure if I wanted that. Like I just yeah. like making funny videos. I had a f sort of a few chats in that time. I spoke to Wilbur and he was saying, you know, mate, this is a really hard time. And I wouldn't be surprised if you quit. If you can get through it, you'll be massive. You'll be fine. But like, this is the hardest road bump. And it totally was. I think sort of really connecting with like my roots and being like, yeah. I just love this. Did you ever go through a period where you're like, oh God, everyone knows who I am and they have their preconceived notions of what I am and what that means. And like, 
did you ever get in your head about that? It's like the feeling of being watched, like right. going into the mall. Because you know you can just feel when You can I feel when it. someone's looking at you, staring yeah. at you, and you're just like, that fuck, like, dude. Just suddenly like getting used to that, yeah. being like, this is fine, which just is what it is now. It just took a long time for that to become right. normal. I remember going out in public, being like, like wearing a disguise, yeah. and like putting on glasses, and still getting recognized just to like see. Just because you felt so sort of suddenly out of control of like, yeah. I just want to go to the places I'm like, like my favorite park in yeah. Nottingham. It was like someone waiting there. They were really innocent about it. It was so uh, sweet. Like they but thought they just, might see you there. Yeah, they were just and they were like, oh, I've been waiting here for like four hours. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and then you have all this pressure to live up to the expectation that this person has when they come in from out of town and they're there waiting for you for hours. That took a long time to yeah. sort of figure out a way that that's like cool. You feel the need to justify that 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 it's cool and that you're grateful for it because yeah, you, you are, but at the same time, you can't really avoid this feeling of like, oh, this is a little bit much. This isn't what you signed up for. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when you want to make videos with your friends and right. now you're sort of in the public eye. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really weird. Do you feel like blowing up so quickly at such a young age has forced you to grow up quickly? Yeah. And you know it's time to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Therapy has helped reframe my view of the world and myself by allowing me to feel empathy for my younger self and therefore understand who I am today better. But therapy can be customized to whatever's right for you and can be useful in helping with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else you might need. BetterHelp screens all their therapists to ensure that they have experience and that they're certified and licensed and provides customized therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone or even speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. As you may have found out by now, therapy can be expensive and the price of finding a therapist that you connect with can be overwhelming, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy, where you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So thank you to BetterHelp who are giving I Spent a Day with viewers and listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's betterhelp.com slash Padilla. And I can't go without thanking Honey for their continued partnership. Honey is the easy way to save when you're shopping on your iPhone or your computer. It's a browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and it applies the best one that it finds to your cart. So you don't have to stare at that empty void of a discount code box every time you're at checkout. Because if Honey finds a coupon that works, oh baby, trust me, it's gonna drop down a little box and all you have to do is click apply coupon. It's that easy. And you better listen the fuck up because Honey supports over 30,000 stores online ranging from tech to popular fashion brands and food delivery and has personally saved me a ton of money including including the elixir I drank to make my skin look so fucking perfect. And the best part is Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and save on the go. It's free and it installs in just a few seconds, so if you want to do yourself a solid and also simultaneously support this series, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Padilla. Again, it's free, and I'm only going to say this once more. Go to joinhoney.com slash Padilla and you'll be directly supporting this series. Now, back to the world of Tommy. Do you feel like blowing up so quickly at such a young age has forced you to grow up quickly? Yeah. Well, especially when I was like 16, felt very unwell-rounded. Understanding all this business world and then understanding less about social stuff. So when all sort of, it was quite anxious and stuff and all of that, like I was sort of started doing therapy, you know, which I, I never would have done normally, mm. you know, when I was anxious at school because of YouTube being more open to trying things. Sometimes. Well, you go from the worries of a high school kid, you know, where you're like, uh, I need to worry about my homework, I need to worry about my social relationships, I need to worry about the person I have a crush on, and like, the, yeah. that that's kind of your world, and then now you have so many new things to worry about. You know, worrying about how you worry, and just so much weird yeah, shit. Yeah, I yeah. never thought, I'd, because it spins, you know, sort of so overwhelming and in my face. 
What is the most insane thing you've ever done for a video? Cocaine. <laughs> jump out a plane, probably. Mm. Jump out a plane and then sink it in the edit to Giorno's theme, because that's funny. <laughs> That was, already, yeah. that was probably the best But you started this channel where you do, in real life, insane things like jump out of a plane. Is there anything to constantly striving to push yourself outside of your comfort zone that has stuck with you? Do it less, because I didn't like bungee jumping. I fucking hated it. It was like, well, genuinely now, it's like something reprogrammed in my brain that now whenever I like look over the floor, I can like imagine being there. Mm. I also had this weird thing where as soon as I start rolling the camera, my, whether it's physical or verbal, I'm just like, what is funniest? And I just like do it. Like, we did this yeah. one where I was like in public dressed as a Minecraft character. Yeah. And I like didn't remember it because I fell so hard into character. Uh, that I'm just like, I, I did stick the microphone really into that guy's face. And I did, I did shout at some call of road men incestual like to their face. Something about turning a situation into entertainment just takes away all the elements of stress and anxiety and, and seriousness. Yeah. When I shot a documentary where I dressed up as an anime cafe maid, very, very awkward in my normal life. I would feel just yeah. so put on the spot and uncomfortable, but with those cameras rolling, knowing, knowing that I was there to document and entertain people as they see me do this thing that most people would, would feel so strange doing. Yeah. I just had the, the most confidence in the world. Well, like you're a showman, isn't it? And if you were on a stage, you wouldn't just stand there being yourself. Even right. if it's not a camera, right. you'd be like, hey everyone, I, I'm, uh, and then you start doing jokes. You, you'd figure out a way. Probably not like that. I think a lot of YouTube and success is like about playing to your strengths, you know? Yeah. So Dream is like incredibly analytical and yeah. really good at like studying and seeing patterns because he's like a coder. And Wilbur is really good at sort of, you know, like, no, nothing. And, and Mr. Beast <laughs> is like really hard working and did it for like 10 years and would constantly be like looking at the next thing and trying and trying and trying. And I think like my strength is talking to people and being passionate about things and chatting. So I'm like, I bet every YouTuber you could name, I've probably had a call with them going, what do you think about it all? Because I don't really get it. They call me the sponge. The sponge. That's how they call me. So it went from famous to sponge. To sponge Tom voice pants. Sponge Tom voice pants. Please love me. <laughs> I've learned like so much from Dream. Like, have like a Google Doc of just like words he said. Wilbur's taught me much more about like perspective and like how not to fry your brain while you're doing all of this. The furthest end, which has been like Mr. Beast of like you know one of the craziest things they ever said. Cut every sneeze. Like things that are slightly gross, people tend to click off more on. Oh. And like so, you must cut things that are gross. Oh. Got to keep those anti-sneezers in the video. Oh. And I think the thing you know after taking all these perspectives is the thing I sort of pride myself on is like really knowing that scientific and analytical side and applying that to my videos, but making sure that the soul and the content is there. What's next for Tommy in it? I really uh, enjoy YouTube, but I want mm. to sort of, you know, sort of try out like other things. For me now, it's like me and Wilbur have just like wrote this book that we're doing together. Because mm. it's been really fun going around to his like every day and writing for a few hours. So you're, you're pushing yourself to go outside of your comfort zone of the thing that you know you love and try yeah. new things and experiment and see what else you love. Yeah, totally. Like, mm. you know, what aligns with success? And that for me is like make people laugh. It's like, does a book feel like that? Doing a live show, that's the biggest thing. You know, gonna feel laughed at like after I do this, I might suddenly go, oh my God, I wanna tour the entire world. How does me being a dickhead and not taking it seriously translate to a stage? Can I make, you know, everyone in the audience fart at the same time? It's funny. <laughs> that's an experiment that's never been done. And I'm like, why not? And then everyone's pissed off because it stinks. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny, isn't it? Like, I wanna keep, you know, entertaining these people. That this 
is absolutely my dream to be here remaking this. I can never comprehend this, but I can sort of reflect on myself and be like, fuck, this is so cool. And I think every moment in the past year, if you could describe it to me from a few years ago, yeah. I would have like passed out. You'd be like, no fucking way. Yeah. Not so I think the fact that it is uh, real, yeah. is probably the thing that I'm most happy about. <laughs> you're happy that your reality is your reality. It's too bloody feel. I've been inside for two years and I've came mm -hmm. out and now everyone seems to know what my face looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I went and met the side men. And then mm -hmm. now I'm like, can make videos and millions of people see it. Like, don't make any fucking sense, but mm. it's real and that's pretty strange and mm. cool. And I like, uh, I like that. But it does not feel like my reality. It feels like I'm not woken up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, We're well, not going to pinch you. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, don't don't do it too it's hard. Like, you might wake up. Genuinely, it's just it's just incredible. So I'm just yeah. like, pretty fucking happy. I spent a day with Tommy in it, and one thing that really sits with me is his mission to see everything in life through the lens of humor. Even the heaviest moments in life are much more bearable when they're accompanied by the lightness of laughter. And I feel like every moment in my life would be better if I were able to maintain that perspective throughout my daily life as well. People think I'm six foot one, and I'm I'm six foot three. Right, you're definitely six foot three. Should we do a height test yeah. real quick? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm five eleven. So you can see, yeah, that there there's this a is big it's it's, it's been that. it's been proven today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Sit down. Okay. Um. Yes, sir. Um.